0: Welcome to the Jax Rangers Show, a New England free Jax fan podcast. And now, Rangers, here's your host, Phil Harris. Bizarre rangers this
1: is phil harris here at the jack's ranger show hoping you're having a great off season enjoying the summertime here in new england i am of course broadcasting from the beautiful granite outpost in manchester new hampshire got a good little off season silly season episode for you here first up we're going to have alan mcleod he is the president of the massachusetts youth rugby organization those folks are doing amazing things down there in massachusetts for youth rugby i will be attending the Bay State games there at uh, Union Point. Remember Union Point, guys? On July the 30th. Come on down and see some excellent youth rugby if you can make it down there to Old Fort Union Point on July the 30th. After that, we had a conversation with the performance director of the Free Jacks, our boy Thomas Kindly, TK, and Bozo and I uh, chopped it up about what's happening in the offseason, talking about a bunch of things. We've had some key departures for the Free Jacks. Obviously, we'll get into to that with our interview with TK, but first up, let's hit that theme music and get this party started. Like like I said, first up we got Alan McCloyd, Alan McCloud, and then TK, and of course this episode is brought to you by Storm Along American Hard Cider. Go over to their website stormalong.com, hit in that promo code TJRS for ten percent off of your first order. We appreciate Storm Along riding with us on episode forty-eight. Saddle up, Rangers! Let's hit that theme music and get right into the interview with Alan McLeod. Woo! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I'm joined with my good buddy here, the president of MIRO. This is Alan McLeod. How are you?
2: I'm very good, thank you. Thanks for having me on, Phil.
1: You're welcome. Let's get right into it. Um, tell us about your introduction or your origin story to rugby and also where you're from. Let's start there.
2: Um, so I'm, I'm from England originally, though I've been in the States for a long, long time now, about 25, 26 years. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I was brought up on rugby. Um, some of my earliest memories are sitting on the sofa watching the Five Nations way back in the, the early 70s, earlier than I probably won't admit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I started playing rugby at eight years old. Um, it was normal. People did that. And we just ran around and played rugby badly. Mm-hmm. Um, carried on playing all the way through high school, ended up captaining my high school team. Uh, badly, I should add. Uh, (laughs) Then went on to college, realized that there were people who actually played rugby well, and I wasn't one of them. So I played less rugby there than I think would be considered normal, I think, by American standards. But but after 10 years of playing as a kid, it didn't seem such a big deal to be drifting to the other side of the field and actually watching rather than playing. So Mm -hmm. I've been a hardcore rugby fan, should we say, probably from Yeah, probably, you know, my mid-20s was kind of when I stopped really playing too much rugby and did a lot more watching and a lot less uh, actually running around. Uh, Then moved to the States. um, And, you know, I've kind of watched rugby over here, to be honest. I mean, uh, probably, I think for probably the first 10, 15 years lived in the country, I made a special effort to go and see the Eagles play every year. Uh, And and that was, to me, was quite fascinating to to see really a country grow. Um, Early on, you know that they were certainly fabulous athletes um with with some some great sort of like eye ball coordination but not necessarily mm-hmm. the world's greatest rugby iq would be my right. observation on it uh so yeah that's kind of how i got into rugby and, and my journey through rugby i, I guess let's you know, say the, probably the, the next real kind of part of that is you know youth rugby where did that come into play um mm-hmm. so yes. for me um so I got married and I had a, a son and, uh, you know, as every aspiring ex-rugby player, you know, I dreamt of reading the next great number eight or in fact having twins and having both blind and open side flankers. Uh, in the family. <laughs> yeah. um, and so finding a, a rugby outlet for, for my son was was a, you know, a reasonably high sort of a goal for myself by the time he was like seven, eight, nine years old. Mm-hmm. And um, and through friends, I came across this group of four or five guys who were running around the field throwing a rugby ball to their children uh you know some americans some brits and you know they were just having a ton of fun i mean it was everything that we dream about with rugby it's just a lot of fun a lot of people laughing ball being thrown around not clearly where any lines were Mm -hmm. um so we mixed in and we carried on playing and then the the guy who would set this up uh chip walker decided that we'd have a scrum and so as he sets the scrum up which i thought was pretty pretty aggressive for uh you know a bunch of seven, eight year old boys who'd never ever yeah. played the game before
0: right in
2: fact, actually seven eight nine old boys and girls and he starts calling the cadence in and i'm like whoa chip you know we haven't used that cadence since the 70s we, we use something completely different now and he's like oh great he says well then you can coach the scrum because you obviously know oh my god and, and that was the end of my sitting on the sidelines and right. we got sucked straight in and so that group of five dads with five or six kids Ultimately came the the Rentham Barbarians, which is the team I coach for now. Uh, okay. that was ten years ago. Uh, we have since then, you know, been placed at Bay State Games. Um, not every year. Um, we we played better rugby than I ever played, um, though not every <laughs> okay. year I should add. And you know, we have about fifty or sixty kids who sign up regularly. We have probably wow. seven or eight coaches and. I mean to be honest when you when you spread that word out and you say oh, this is how I got into youth rugby the amount of people who play the same story back is incredible. Yeah. Uh it, it's it's kind of where we all come from in, in youth rugby it's it's about getting our kids playing doing better than we did when we were playing it.
1: Right, absolutely. Let's uh let's rewind a little bit. I want uh tell me about Myro um and the origin story of that
2: uh, being created. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so so Massachusetts has had a long history of rugby. I mean, certainly longer than I've been here. Um, I mean, you know, some of the rugby clubs go back to the 60s and the 70s. And, and obviously one of the original places that rugby was, was looked to be played in the U.S. was actually in Harvard. And, and actually that's the origin story of American football. This is what mm-hmm. I understand from reading about it in Pat's Place or Patriot's Place, I should say.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so Myro really was founded in 2010. And what was happening at the time was that the high school rugby was doing fairly well in the country or fairly well in the state, I should say. And there was a desire to kind of bring it all together and make it a little more formalized and also bring it under the, the proper auspices of, uh, of USA Rugby. And so, so is one of the, you know, the, the what's now called state youth rugby organizations. And I mm-hmm. should say Miro stands for Massachusetts Youth Rugby Organization. There you go. Yep. Um, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Just, uh, <laughs> I can hear it clearly in my own head. It's not everybody else knows <laughs> that story.
1: It's on your um, shirt as well. <laughs> yeah, just
2: in case. Um, so, yes, yeah, So, so Miro, as I was founded back in 2010, and it was just basically to bring together kind of a league structure for for high school programs and to bring the high schools more organized across the state okay. and also to start promoting that younger age groups as well so how do we get down below high school uh and into you know really we, we reach down into third grade nowadays wow so that so that was back in 2010 um you know we, we kind of as i say it started really with high school then we drifted down further and younger and younger and younger uh now we we have us officially, as, as an SYRO, we, we cover third grade through twelfth grades. Mm-hmm. Um, the reality is many of the clubs have uh, kindergarten kids playing, so we do kindergarten wow. through two as a league. Obviously, you know, I can imagine them think, "Oh my God, you have kindergartners playing! You know, doing full fifteen-man rugby. There's eight, eight of them in a scrum. How do you organize that? How does that work?" It's, of course, it, it doesn't look like that at all. Right. Um, they're playing flag rugby. Most of what they're doing at training is is kind of running around, having a lot of fun, holding a rugby ball. Uh, yep. And if we can get them running with a rugby ball, they naturally want to find space and not get stopped by somebody else. Well, right. you know, you've just learned one of the most important rugby skills there is: space. Sure. Yeah. So managing space, taking space, you know, etc. And so so that's kind of how we you know Myro's sort of really focused now is getting that sort of uh, youth program game up into into high school. And then, you know, to some extent, helping kids from high school move on to the next phase of their rugby careers and into college. Um, that, that's less. Um, that's an area we want to keep growing and expanding on.
1: Very good. There's another. Gov- I, didn- I was not aware of this. You had informed me of this during our phone conversation a couple of days back. There's another governing body within Massachusetts. Can you explain the difference in how that ex- that
2: works with you guys? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's actually one of the areas I would say that, that Miro has been uniquely successful. Um, so obviously, most American high school sports are covered by the Interscholastic Association for that state. And so okay. the MIAA is the other other organization that we work with. Okay. Um, so they're the Massachusetts Interscholastic uh, Athletic Association. And so they're responsible for all the traditional varsity sports, you know, football, oh, okay. hockey, yeah. um, you know, those sorts of things. Uh, soccer obviously being one of the fast-growing ones, and so what uh, my predecessors in Myro did back in 2016, in fact, really it took a couple of years to get to it. But but they they sold the MIA on the value of rugby, and the fact that the rugby is an inclusive sport. You know, if whatever body shape you have, we have a role for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a very vibrant you know girls rugby program because it's a very vibrant world women's rugby scene. That's right. Uh, you know, so boys and girls fit in just as well as as each other. Um, you know, we need fast kids. We need strong kids. We need tall kids. We need short kids. We need kids who can pass. We need kids who can tackle. We need kids who just want to run around. And it's and it involves kids running. Uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's not a game where you spend a lot of time sitting and watching what's happening. Right. I played wing for a lot of, number of years in, in 15s. And if you're going to sit and watch, be a winger. But even that, <laughs> you're involved right. in the game. Yeah, um, famous, so, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so the MIA saw the value in it. And so the MIA accepted rugby in as a varsity sport back in 2017. And, and this, to be honest, is, is really one of our major successes now, actually, you know, sitting alongside almost in that kind of parent like role where, you know, your kid has grown up, it's left home. So you can't be directly involved in every decision they make, but you get to see how good they do, uh, how well they do. Right. So the MIA has grown to about 19 high schools now, with a boys' program and six high schools with a girls' program. Uh, wow, which is fantastic. I mean, yeah, the, that's great. The head coach of the the top girls' program was telling me that she had over 70 girls signed up for rugby. That's awesome. Which is an amazing number. It um, is, yeah. You know, if, if, and and that's kind of what, to be honest, looks like success is, is we can keep helping clubs get kids into high school, have the kids talk to their athletic directors and say, hey, can we start a rugby program?
1: Mm-hmm. And then help
2: them get that program started. Maybe not an MIA in first year, but maybe by second or third year, they move into the MIA. Then we just keep growing that program. And, and the reality is, is the benefits are coming back to us. So the the top rated boys program uh, is Belmont High and that they just won the, the MIA state championship uh, for okay. the fourth time, I should add. They are now rated 35th nationally Okay. All right. And, and when you think how, you know, small little state Massachusetts is in terms of mm-hmm. the number of people it is, and then you think about, you know, the, some of the more highly rated states are like California, where, you know, rugby is very prevalent. They have the great weather for rugby. We, we have a yes. little tough time with that white stuff. It gets in the way. <laughs> right. um, you know, so Massachusetts is doing really well under those programs. And to be honest, the MIA just brings that value of the fact that the it's a structured uh, very well run, very well organized, prof- you know, almost professional organization that establishes how much training kids can have without taking too much, gotcha. but but enough to keep them learning skills really 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 well, you know. So they do four or five days a week of rugby training, probably an hour or two uh, a day. That's way more than those of us who are uh, who are, who are volunteers can do with our clubs and we're seeing the benefits, you know, as I say, Belmont's 35th, um, BC High's 44th in, in the country. The okay. goal is to get more and more clubs in from Massachusetts or more and more schools I say, from Massachusetts and get them further and further up the, uh, mm-hmm. the, you know, the organization there.
1: That would be fantastic. You know, when I was coming up, we didn't, I mean, I had to start my own club in high school. Um, right. We did like intramurals essentially. And then, uh, for me at that time, I was kind of like an outlier because everybody learned rugby in college. So I had a little bit of a heads up and I, you know, my athletic ability was pretty limited. Um, although I had a little bit of knowledge about rugby going into college, um, you know, it didn't really translate as well as I would have hoped, but, um, Regardless of that, you know, right now what you're talking about is extremely encouraging because all of these youth groups uh, and, you know, the high school ages and stuff like that, they're learning how to play rugby so early on and they can, then they can go to college and then potentially, you know, continue their way up uh, the ranks there into MLR and stuff like that and maybe a future women's league within the United States that's professional, uh, truly professional. That'd be fantastic. But how many clubs fall under the uh, Myro banner at this point?
2: So we have 14 clubs in Miro, um, four of which are really high school focused. So a couple Mm -hmm. of them are high school 15s in the spring and and a couple of them are high school sevens in the summer mm-hmm. and the other 10 offer a variety of, of uh, age groups as i say kindergarten through high school so not every club has every team um you know we, we we've had a big push this summer to to get girls rugby uh back to the forefront we, we lost a lot of momentum unfortunately with covid right um so there's there's two or three clubs now which have girls programs which are starting to to gain momentum and become more established as well so as I say, there, there are 10 clubs who are offered pretty much everything, you know, somewhere from third grade through, through seniors. Okay. Um, uh, you know, the other clubs will have kindergarten through eighth grade, that sort of thing. And so it's, it's a bit of a mix. Typically when you go to a tournament, uh, you'll see six, maybe at best eight teams in any age group. Okay. Um, so a couple of hundred kids running around playing rugby on a hot Saturday or a hot Sunday. It, it's, it's kind of hard to beat really. Yeah, Absolutely. That's exactly what you want. Um, how is
1: MIRO funded, essentially? Um, just mainly donations? Does USA Rugby help out? Uh, is it like membership dues? How does that work?
2: So we're a registered charity. We're a 501c3. That's a requirement mm-hmm. of being an SYRO. Um, and so we, we actually raise all of our money through a combination of donations, things like you have done for us um as well as uh limited fees we try we put on each of the 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 players more than the clubs okay and so we're very conscious that um that if we make rugby expensive we 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 eliminate a large number of people from potentially playing and i've not found um it's not been obvious to us that that your financial well-being is an indicator of how good and how much fun you'll have playing rugby. Right. So, so we try to keep that out of the way. Most of the clubs have a pretty similar mindset and attitude of trying to keep the cost modest as well. But yeah, so Miro is, is entirely funded through donations. Um, you know, a little bit of sponsorship here and there, but, but not so much. And then small amounts of dues as well to be raised from the, from the players and, and the coaches
1: one of the exciting things about rugby uh, compared to other sports is just the startup cost of getting a, a kid involved in terms of right. equipment that you have to buy i mean you probably need a ball i mean a, a mouth guard is a good idea as well and then you know some boots and then that's really it uh, you know, you look at hockey and then American football, it's it gets really, really pricey with all that stuff. And, and growing kids, you have to get them new versions of that sort of stuff uh, practically every year. So that's uh, it's it's one thing that rugby has an advantage on with other sports. Um, I, I brought up that question about fundraising and how they get funds Uh, because, of course, we did here at the Jack's Rangers show something called Phil's Last Ride that took place from, let's say, November of last year until just at the end of the season. Um, The idea was I would grow a mullet and in the process uh, raise money for a Massachusetts youth rugby organization. I'm very happy to say that we raised $4,150 and that mullet is now gone. I'll just go ahead and take the hat off here for a moment. Um I, I pretty much went all the way down with this thing. It's slowly coming back in. We'll see what uh hairstyle I end up with, but right now I'm pretty bald. Um so yeah. Um just really happy about uh what took place and all the money that we raised. Um what are those funds going to be used for, Alan?
2: Well before we go there, I, I first of all I'm gonna say I am completely utterly blown away that you grew a mallet. Uh, the money, <laughs> no problems at all, but the mallet I can't get over. No, seriously, yeah. the, the the um we're all you know beside ourselves unbelievable incredibly generous it just continued to reinforces to me a you and an enormous generosity you did of actually doing it but be the the rugby community for supporting you it's it's Absolutely. um you know it's one of the things i've noticed you know again i'm, I'm not from around here as i say quite a bit um mm. everywhere i go and i've been lucky enough to travel quite a bit you can have cultural differences in in countries that can cause confusion but one of the most remarkable cultural similarities is rugby that's right. Na- you know, internationally, the, the the culture is the same everywhere. It's generosity, it's giving, it's support. It's been helpful, and and yes. you're just a an exact, you know, a perfect example of that. So so thank you so much.
1: Oh, I'm happy to you know to participate in any way I can. I know that you guys, all rugby organizations, especially the youth ones, need help uh, with funds and resources and stuff like that. So I I was wanting to do something cool. I wanted to grow a mullet, so I just might as well be like,
2: hey, let's raise some money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, perfect. Perfect For sure. So what are we going to do with the money? Um, yes. So so to be honest, we, we've just started talking about that amongst the leadership group. Um, mm-hmm. Again, you know, our priorities are are getting the costs out of the game to get people in. And I appreciate what right. you're saying. It It isn't very expensive. You do need a mouth guard. Um, right. We actually say to kids, you, you don't need boots on day one, but, you know, you'll need them like either. when the ground gets wet, you'll need boots. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're looking at. Um, let me step you back a little bit so so rugby at least for you know grade seven and up is is predominantly a contact sport and being a contact sport there is some risk if if you don't know how to make contact safely Sure. And and you watch, you know, Free Jacks and the MLR guys play, and they're making an amazing hits. It's really hard as they thump into each other, but they're able to do that safely because they've been taught over the years how to tackle safely, how mm-hmm. to stop someone running safely, and they do it, they can get up and do it the next time. And the goal of, goal of rugby is not knocking the guy into the middle of next week or cutting him in half. The goal is getting the guy on the ground, preventing the attack, but more importantly, get him behind you so you can get the ball. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the whole point I'm bringing up of that is, th- and that takes people to be trained how to do that. You know, right. so, you, so you have to train people to do safe tackles, which means you need to train people how to teach safe tackling, and you mm-hmm. train people how to teach safe scrummaging, safe light out jumping, and all that stuff. So, one of the areas we want to try and do is is help fund coaches going for their their you know the World Rugby L1 um, mm-hmm. certification now. That's basically the the minimum bar to be able to teach contact. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had a couple of coaches express interest in getting out to L2 as well, which is the next layer up of how to take the game up a notch. So we're going to look to see whether that's something we can help them with. Um, if we can help reduce down the dues that we have to put on people as well, that's another area we want to do. But the last one is, you know, to, to get things started, you do need, to your point, a ball. Um, right. and, and if it's going to be youth kids, you want to get a ball and some flags. So if we can help put together some packages where we can get clubs who are just starting and say, okay, here's your rugby kit, to get started. Yep. Um, and I want to come back to that later on, but uh, we'll touch on that then. Um, we want to be able to do that as well. So that's really the areas we're focused on with the money is, is how do we help get more coaches certified so they can coach more effectively and more safely. Uh, and, and equally that uh, there's a lot of really experienced coaches who, who know what they're doing, but don't have the certification because they haven't needed it. So we want to help them get over that bar. It's, it's not free. It is real money and it does mm-hmm. take a day of your time to go and do that. But it's, yep. it's time really well spent. And it just means you can go and help those kids out and get them started yep. and, uh, and keep them safe under the you know USA rugby uh, insurance we all use. Very
1: good. Yeah, I think that's a great start with the funds there. Uh, let's talk about real quick the Rugby World Cup, right? Huge announcement yes. like a month or so ago at this point. Um, so the Rugby World Cup for those that are living under a rock is coming to the United States in 31 and 33 for the men's and women's, respectively, and the good old U.S. of A. Uh, can you talk about the importance of youth rugby in for those events?
2: Yeah, I mean it's really, really very simple at the moment. If you're a high school kid playing youth rugby today, you're probably one of the people who are going to be playing for the Eagles.
1: Right. It's I incredible mean, it, 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 to think about, but it's true. Yeah,
2: that's absolutely true. I mean, you do the maths, and you will do the math, and you work it out. You know, we're we're, we're nine years away. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be twenty-three through thirty-five in nine years? Well, it's college students right. and kids who are who are in middle school and in that whole gamut in between. And yeah, you know, I, I, again, as a you know, I I guess I have to confess I support England over the U.S. <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know, I, I talk to people in other countries, and we all live in total fear of the U.S. Not today. We we know today we're going to have a hard yeah. game against the U.S. and it's going to be very fit, great athletes, right. and it's coming. It's really coming. But we know the day the U.S. starts bringing through children playing rugby, and they start right. at seven, eight, nine years old. And they hit the rugby field, you know, in the mid twenties, with the the ability the US has to bring out fantastic athletes, with the the fantastic eye hand coordination, um, the fitness levels, the facilities yeah. over here. The US is going to be right there, and you know, as I say, we all live in absolute mortal fear of what the US can do when they get to that point. And 2031. We're right there. We're right on the okay. cusp, um, and the same for the women in '33. It's it's going to be you know women's rugby. There are a couple of really fabulous international teams, mm-hmm. and the US is knocking on the door. Yes. a few more, yep. a few more days of professionalism, a few more younger days getting started, and and the US is going to be right up there. It's
1: really encouraging. I, I I tell this story. I've I've told it at least once on the show, but I'll tell it again. No big deal. Uh, I went to the Rugby World Cup in England uh, in fifteen, and I stayed with some folks in Gloucester at an Airbnb. Very nice people. Um, uh, so we went to like a, a pub for like a Sunday roast or whatever. And the people that ran the pub were like, oh, it's an American. Let's go talk to him or whatever. And they're like, how's the United States doing? I said, oh, we're OK, but uh, give us 10 years. We'll be unstoppable. And that's just about American confidence, right? right? So we're approaching that. And, you know, we're OK, but not great. So give it another 10 years. I'm going to say that. And we will be unstoppable, hopefully, uh, with what you're talking about. It's, it's all a collective effort to make this thing better. Um, and, and uh, you're absolutely right. What you're talking about, the, the, the sooner these kids get a ball in their hand and develop the skills that most of us didn't have in my generation growing up, because we started like late high school or college, most of us, right. We, we didn't have that experience. Um, uh, and just the, the rugby ex- intelligence slash experience, uh, the IQ to build up, uh, you know, a better game for ourselves essentially. But, uh, yeah, um, let's talk about, um, How has the involvement of the New England Free Jacks and youth rugby been? I know that they've been out to schools and stuff like that, to clubs. Uh, Can you talk about that?
2: um they have been fantastic uh truly 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 amazing and not because i'm on this show i i would tell anybody that anyway in fact i was down in connecticut and they were going on about this bizarre little team from new york but i was going on, telling them how much better the free jacks were as people uh but, in yeah. respect of what what happens on the day on the scoreboard for sure um so yeah i mean you know if anyone who's been to any of the free jacks matches may well have seen uh, myro kids playing rugby at halftime you know mm-hmm. we're, they they invite us to put on touch games they invite us to form the tunnels for the kids to go, you know, for the players to run through, you know, and, and those players are directly interacting with those kids. Uh and, and that's at the most simplistic level. Before the matches, so anyone who shows up really early, um, before the concessions even open, half the time there's there's a uh, free jacks run training sessions going on for 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 the kids. Uh and so that ranges all the way again from, you know, seeing some six foot eight second row guy reaching <laughs> down to a five year old to try and explain to them whether they're a rat or a raccoon or I, I couldn't even follow the the, uh, the game they were playing myself. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're interacting with the kids and and in many ways that, you know, that they're reinforcing this whole idea that, you know, you can be a really positive, healthy, strong individual and be really good with children and connected with the kids, and mm-hmm. and they do that so naturally, and it's really excellent. So that's just on the simplistic, you know, things they do. They they allow us to have a booth that they're um, at every single game as well, and you know the individuals we work with, uh, you know, sort of uh, Jenny Cronish, Ali Englehart, uh, Tom Kinley, uh, Wheels, uh, who I presume has real names, but is always referred to as Wheels, <laughs> oh, uh, yes. have all been completely fantastic, uh, yep. and and have bent over backwards to make sure that the we who are contributing, we think very little to them, get everything we need. On the, the more formal basis they run programs like the junior jacks and so that is uh, across mm-hmm. you know new england to be honest yes. where they are forming local teams um they're selecting players from those teams and then they're bringing those players back to form a central team central youth teams yep. and so so they've had I, I haven't seen them play this year but but last year they they did a, a home and away game um and i'm blanking on who they actually went down to play I want to say Atlanta, but but I could be wrong. Um, but you know, they they put together two fifteen sides and you know had them say play two games in full free Jacks colours, uh, and and to me th- this is all again. It's about building and and turning the US into a rugby powerhouse. Yes. So now we have you know, some of the best players in the world. Uh, I mean, a lot of the free Jacks have got you know had legitimate international careers with with the best teams on the planet. Yeah. and. Okay, fine. and yeah, exactly. Um, Bodine Waco being another yeah. one. Uh, you know, they, they're getting fantastic coaching. They're getting access to players who have international experience. They're getting some level of exposure. I mean, I appreciate they're not getting the day-to-day training from, with these guys, but they're getting some exposure. And, and what could be kind of distant heroes you never get to meet and see mm-hmm. are real people. Yeah. And are real people you know who work hard and, and and are there to help reinforce those messages so so that's one area where they've been fantastic the other one they've been really good And you, you touched on this going into schools they run a program um which is across the mlr called rugby in a bag mm-hmm. and they work with us on that one the idea of rugby in a bag is that they go to to a, a school typically an elementary or a middle school uh and they introduce rugby as part of the um the physical education curriculum yeah and so what we're trying to do to work with them on that is is help them pick schools that coincide where we have rugby clubs today. Mm-hmm. So we can always use more players. Uh, right. I mean, like I know in my own club, you know, we we tell them, you know, we we, we play sevens. So when we got 12 kids, we've got a sevens team. Well, if we end up with 24 kids, it won't be 12 kids on the bench and 12 kids playing rugby. It'll be two teams. And if we get 36, it'll be three teams. You know, we, we, everyone's going to play. Everyone's yeah. going to play in every match. There's just no two ways about it. It's You're going to learn a lot watching. You're going to learn twice as much playing. But you, you need to do both is the other part I, I battle with my kids on. Go watch. <laughs> um, so yeah, so with the rugby in a bag, what we're trying to do is work with the Free Jacks so that we are are there with them, um, hopefully with the local club representative. So if the kids do express interest, there is a right. club that can pick them straight up. Now, we're not expecting 50% of the, the, the phys ed class to come out and say, wow, I want to play rugby. Yeah. That'd be great. But if we can get one or two players, for sure, that's a start. Yeah. Um, and then the, the second phase of that, which you've just started talking to them about, is is actually going to those areas where we already have MIA high schools, but going to the middle school there. Mm-hmm. and And the pitch to them is going to be, if we can teach your kids to play rugby and tackle before they get to high school, now you're going to build on skills. You don't have That's to right. start teaching skills. So, so now ninth graders aren't coming in with not knowing what to do. Ninth graders are coming in skilled, somewhat ready to go, ready to kick it up a level. And that gets us further and further up the, um, you know, the world or the national rankings, which is clearly part of the objective here as well.
1: Absolutely. It sounds like you guys are doing everything uh, correctly um, to get this thing, you know, Definitely off the ground and smooth sailing. So it's it's exciting stuff. And, you know, the, the Free Jacks have been fantastic. Best organization in MLR. I continue to say that. Um, I think a lot of the clubs lag behind what they're doing with community building. And part of that is the youth rugby and trying to help that along as well. Um, if the Rangers out there, the fans of the Free Jacks and this show, want to get involved in Myro, how would they go about that, Alan?
2: Also so again i mean superficially we look like a bunch of old rugby rugby dads and mums who are trying to you know help our kids out and that that's absolutely true a lot of us have played rugby as kids and grown up what we really 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 <laughs> Pete Finnerin is one, one of us um what we really lack is is people who who are able to do administration and and that's because we're all in a hurry to get on the field and no one does any admin in the back so that's one area other areas um if your story's like mine, you, you've got a kid, you want to get into a sport that can get them active and running around, rugby's an amazing place to go. Uh, find a club and just just take your kid along. I have not come across a club that's turned, that's turned to a parent where the parents said, I'd like to help. And they said, no, 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 we don't need any help. We're good. Right. I, I haven't seen that. Yeah. um and and if if any parent does experience that call me i will use you our club can need needs more help right. um and and i know all the other clubs well i'm sure pete will chime in in a second saying that he'll take the help as well so that's the second area anything you think you want to do just get your kids started if you want to you know help out with the coaching i think every club is happy to take on somebody who's never coached before and bring them up to a proper coaching standard if you want to help out on the admin that'd be fantastic um really really need lots of help on the admin. But the number one thing is get your kids out there and spread the word. We, we offer programs from kindergartners up, and um you know many of the clubs do across the states. Um, we, we're not unique in Massachusetts. There are other states in the area that do exactly the same thing. Rhode Island's very vibrant. Mm-hmm. New Hampshire's vibrant. Um, Vermont, I've had less to do with, but but they too have a rugby program going on. Connecticut is, is really very strong in the New York area. Not so strong out out, uh, out east, um, mm-hmm. but if, but if anybody wants to get moving there, I, I know the Connecticut guys, they'd be more than happy to work on that. So any ranger who just wants to get involved in any form with rugby, Yes. even just showing up and supporting it even supporting it fiscally you know by making donations all that yes. will be truly gratefully received and you can make donations
1: on the website as well right there's an easy that's link right direct on okay. the
2: website yeah we have a paypal okay. link on the website and go straight through there
1: very good we did get an answer about who the uh, the the academy team played and that was oh, old glory from jim Jen, Jen and also yes. pizza dc as well all right um let Let's get it. We're kind of closing down shop here. What events does Miro have coming up that the Rangers can attend just to show their support and and see what it's all about?
2: Well, we are right smack bang in the middle of our summer season. Um, So we we had uh, a small tournament up in New Hampshire. 2 weeks ago we had a big tournament down in Newport Rhode Island right in Fort Adams right after the the Newport 7s we have a it's it's rugby Rhode Island to organize it and then Newport Islanders rugby club not not myro but it but myro clubs attend that mm-hmm. um, next weekend unfortunately we we've had to cancel so Pete Finneran, who's been chiming in he's the um, the organizer of that event down in Marshfield but we've had to cancel that due to the the weather um, and you know, so so that would have been next weekend. On uh, the 10th of July in Salem, we have the Witch City Sevens.
3: That's oh, organized by good.
2: North Shore. Uh, on the 16th uh, in Malden in Pine Banks, organized by Mystic Rivers Youth, youth Program, we have uh, another tournament there. That's from uh, K through 2 through 7 through 8th uh, grade. All the other tournaments I'm mentioning cover all age groups right up to seniors. Um, on the twenty fourth in Rentham, which is down south, which is my club, we mm-hmm. have our home tournaments, and then uh, on a place that most Rangers would know at Union Points. Ah, yes. Uh, on the thirtieth is where we have um, the Bay state games, which is basically our uh, our state championship for the seventh. I will be uh, there. Program.
1: I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna check Excellent. it out. I'm gonna be gonna there. for invite a invite you to bit. come as well. Yeah, I'm excited to get down there and see uh, some of the clubs and and see a little bit of rugby. It's going to be excellent. I haven't been down to Union Point since uh, the Free Jacks left, so that'll be a nice little nostalgic thing, walk around that gravel pit a little bit.
2: Um, Our our small claim to fame is we're going to put more rugby players on the pitch than the Free Jacks did uh, because we'll have at least three fields going. um, Perfect. And and people see uh, third graders all the way through uh, sixth graders playing flag rugby. And then seventh, eighth graders playing, uh, you know, a slightly reduced form of um, of contact rugby because we focus on safety. So mm-hmm. they're not allowed to tackle above the waistline. Uh, okay. they, that will happen and, you know, that we've, we've already, t- all the coaches know how to handle that, all the referees know how to handle that. It's all safety focused. And then there'll be girls as well as um, boys, high school games as well. So nice. it's it's the full gamut and, and it's gonna run from nine o'clock in the morning, probably to about three o'clock in the afternoon. It's Excellent. a long, long, long day of rugby. It's actually it's a great way to wrap the season up. Nice. Go ahead Phil, sorry. Oh no,
1: that's all right. Uh, I, w- I was I was going to say I think as the uh, event approaches we'll um we'll put some stuff out on social media just promoting it and stuff like that. We might even do a live while we're there. Um That would be know, fabulous. To, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it should be a good time. Really looking forward to it. Now, before we get you out of here, Alan, uh, we do what's something called the storm along one word association. So I do have to flash the the can here just for uh, contractual purposes. It's a storm along, Franklin. Yep. Um, so the one word association here. So uh, I'm going to say one word or maybe two, maybe even more than that. Uh, so the first thing that pops in your mind, one word, just throw it back at me, okay? Okay. Alrighty, the first one is Massachusetts, or as my mother would say, Massachusetts.
2: T. <laughs>
1: All right. Um, the next one is going to be youth. Uh, rugby. The next one is rugby.
2: Uh just more rugby.
1: <laughs> Free Jacks. Rugby. Myro. Rugby. I'm the a final bit more one. <laughs> the final one is the Jacks Rangers
2: show generosity.
1: Oh, very. Uh, it's nice of you to point out, you know, we try to do our best over here and maybe we'll do something next year with uh, you guys as well in terms of donations. We'll see what we'll have to come up with something really creative to get some funds going, but uh, really appreciate you having uh, you big on here. Island, you've been very generous with your time. Anything that you want to say before we head out uh, that the floor is yours?
2: um again thank you so much um incredible generosity you can't say enough about it phenomenally generous of you to you know, to you and everyone who sponsored you as well so thank yes. you thank you rangers uh if you're interested in any way shape or form of getting involved in youth rugby we would love to have you um whether you've played a day a week a year or a or hundred years of rugby we would love to have you uh you can find out everything you need to know about getting in touch with us at myrugby.org so m-y-r-u-g-b-y dot o r g uh very and good. all our contact information is there you can email me directly from there. email and the other people on the apollo leadership team and again thank you so much for having me on i really appreciate it
1: you're very welcome we did have i think 24 total donors so i just want to say thank you to all those folks that chip pitched in for that four thousand one hundred and fifty dollars that was uh, fantastic and all of that money going of course to my row here so um with that being said i've got one word i think you know what it is at this point uh mr mccloud uh, and three Two, one, huzzah! Huzzah! Woo! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here at the Jax Rangers Show. We were mid-conversation when it uh, just uh, the intro just happened to be playing. So we're live right now. Uh, apologies, apologies, TK. But Thomas Kindly has joined us here, the performance director of the Free Jax. We've also got Bozo on the line here. We were just talking about how I lost a bunch of weight, and that was through intermittent fasting. I just wanted to get that answer in. Tom, how the hell are you?
3: Yeah, good, mate. Good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. You're both very, very enjoyable team, it's good to be yeah. here.
1: I, I appreciate you coming on here. You've always been very generous with your time and very, very much a friend of the show, so we appreciate you. The first thing that we're going to do, I'm going to throw a curveball at everybody right now because we're doing some off-season tournaments just like we did last season. I have in front of me four sticky notes that I am tossing into a Tricorn hat, okay? Here's the tricorn hat. I'm gonna shake it up a little bit. What we're doing right now is uh, creating seeding for these tournaments. So the first, uh, I wish I had some music to play in the background here, royalty free music. But the first one that I have here, as I'm opening it up, is GE, that is General Electric. So that is the number one seed in our um, Dream Sponsor International kit. So I'm going to put a one beside of that and move it to the side, okay? The next one, not looking. Grabbing it, okay?
0: He had this all rehearsed. He had it all rehearsed.
1: Yeah. Let me see here. SpaceX is the number four seed. So I'm going to put a four right here on that. And the reason I'm doing that is uh, one plays four, uh, two plays three. So the next number two, or the new number two for this one is going to be, I know this is fascinating, guys. Um, this is your pick, Bozo. That's right. Buffalo Wild Wings. Well, is that's a uh, correction.
0: That is, that is the pick. Two. That is the pick. Yes,
1: that is the number two seed in that tournament. So the final one, of course, is going to be the number three seed that plays your pick, Bozo, um, is going to be Nike, I believe it was which is quite the flex if Nike was the kit sponsor on the front and Paladin was the uh, the um, the actual athletic supplier. So there's Nike right there is the number three seed. They will be facing off against your Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm going to put a pause on the other two for right now. It's because it's not very compelling um let's talk about UTK uh, real quick I know that you've been on here what like six times at this point but um for those that may not know who you are that's been living under a rock for the past like two years give us a quick brief um rundown of your personal and rugby background please
3: cool yeah so Tom kindly go by TK most of the time uh, I've been in the United States since 2017. Uh, my background in New Zealand was in strength and conditioning and performance analytics. Um, I went to Dartmouth College and then Fordham University. Got involved with USA Rugby and have kind of never looked never looked back. Um, got involved with the Free Jacks from 2018. Uh, involved in the exhibition season. As an intern, primarily in uh, analytics and a little bit of SNC. and uh, and then subsequently, have yeah been with the team for our inaugural 2020 season and 2021, and now 2022. So yeah, uh, going into my fifth year with the with the Friedrichs, which is pretty crazy.
1: Half a decade—that is pretty crazy, man. It's weird to think about. Like, I remember I was at the first official game in Las Vegas, and that was what, like, four years ago at this point insane insane man uh bozo take it away
0: yeah so tk nice to see you again thanks for your time uh so what have you been up to in the offseason so far what do you what have you been getting around to
3: yeah cheers cheers bozo um i have been um yeah it's a it's a busy time for you know general management and, and those sorts of things obviously uh, getting guys out safely of the country, a lot of our guys play in other competitions for the other portion of the year. so getting those guys home with with relative urgency, um, conducting reviews, um, you know financial performance player, all of that having a one-on-one kind of with all players and, and um, you know going over our evaluation of, of their season and, and, and where that sort of puts them in terms of next year and beyond. Um, and then beginning to look at, obviously, our, our team and player base for next year. But also, obviously, organizationally, the projects are working on some pretty cool stuff with veterans. So, um, you know, trying to work out ways where we can hold events at veterans and uh, try to continue our efforts in the community and academy parts of the game. And then hopefully I'll, I'll also spend some time with my family and my wife uh, in the next little bit here, which will be good. Nice. Nice.
0: Well, seems like uh, seems like it is very busy. That's a lot of work to do. You just rattled off quite a bit there. Thanks. Nice. <laughs> you don't have
1: like an eight day work week, right? I mean, I work hour uh, daily. Do you just you're kind of like you're
3: you're salaried, so you're just working whatever. Is that right? Yeah. No, it's just um, you know it, it doesn't really stop. It gets it's nice in the off season because you know you can you can operate from your couch. You can get to, you can speak to agents, players, all of that from from the couch a lot of the time, and. Um, so that's the fun part. Like that's the part that I've really enjoyed is scouring the world for, you know, who's going to be the best fit in the position and and who's going to be a good free jack and stuff like that. So I really, really love that part and obviously the appointment of of management as well is also really fun. And now we've got a pretty, the most well built out our staffs ever been. The players benefited from that this past this past year and yeah, that it's been cool. But yeah, there's definitely it's always you've got to be a couple of steps ahead. We pride ourselves on being a couple of steps ahead. So. You know trying to keep that going as best we can
1: what was your overall impression of uh this season or just the teams and the competition
3: yeah good good question i it's definitely um got better uh, i think it does continue to get better every year like the more opportunity north american eligible players get the, the at the younger age players in north america are exposed to mlr those are all good things in terms of increasing the standard and then the foreigners that are – I think every year gets more credibility, gains more credibility overseas. So there's more and more foreigners that are open to it. And, you know, even Super Rugby teams see benefit now and and players coming over and, and playing a season here as opposed to, you know, playing club or, and working or there's real benefit to, to doing this. So, yeah, no, it's, it's better. It's better. Good.
0: All right. This is kind of a tough one. You don't have to nail it down to just one moment, but like – what, what was your, like, favorite moment of the season or favorite series of moments, whatever? You...
3: Yeah. Um, well, the Austin game was pretty special. Uh, that was – poor Austin have had a couple like that against us where we have taking one from their, their grip. One at, at Union Point last year with uh, that started with an overthrow to JP um, who put Harry Barlow away in the corner. But Zach Bastrews scoring that try was like – you know, that was kind of like – something you could only write about and would never come true. Uh, so that was awesome. Um, and then other mo- the Cam Davidowicz try against Nola was really special. The LaRue Milan try in the corner to win the game against New York with our whole fan base in that corner there. Uh, the loudest ones at, at, in the Hoboken, whatever that you call that thing. <laughs> that, ab- that
0: abomination. The, the Marvel,
3: yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, no, I, like there's been a lot of, I think the tough thing for us probably a little bit this year is like last year, we probably didn't quite have the personnel there and we were having to win games really creatively. Whereas this year we felt like, you know, we had the cattle there and the players um, and the coaching to get to get a lot of the jobs done. But having said that, you know, we managed to beat some really quality teams that are really, really tough uh, and to go to win 10 games in a row is just a, an amazing achievement. Um obviously and so i'm massively proud of it but uh, we were holding ourselves to really high standards all year and i think probably yeah disappointed a little bit in the end but really proud at the same time
0: yeah it was one it was one to remember and we just went over this the last episode how it's in our preseason picks exceeded all the expectations yep. so that was pretty awesome
3: yeah, it. It. we got our we got our asses into the playoffs, felt so at least we got. it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder what I'm going
1: to say next year for a little uh for one of the t-shirts. But uh, your record at the Jacks speaks for itself. Um, you've really improved the squad since you took on this role. Any interest from other MLR teams or maybe international clubs to bring you in? I guess the the real true question is: Do you see yourself long term here in New England? I know that you've been here for a long time, but uh, is this home now?
3: Yeah. Um, good question i i definitely i want to keep getting better as a professional like i think i've got so much further to to grow and i really appreciate the fact that i get to develop skills that maybe i can use later in life and it might be a time where i'm not in rugby when i'm 40 years old and i'm, I'm able to use the skills that i'm you know developing today so I, i'm really grateful for that um i read new england is home for me it's my second home i love boston i love quincy love new england um but it'll depend on my wife as to whether or not you know where we end up going Smart man. Smart man. yeah so I'm. Uh, um, yeah i don't say it enough but man I've, i'm very well supported with with my wife and um you know she's been massively part of the success of the free jacks so that's been pretty cool uh, so i'll make sure that i you know that we take her into account when we're making decisions but yeah i mean i'm perfectly happy with the free jacks i'm excited for 2023 uh we've got um you know scotty and micah on board and our um the the staff is relatively unchanged as it stands so that's pretty pretty cool for the first time really because we've had to kind of make massive changes every year which has been you know been crazy
1: Bozo, before you go on to the next one here, I think I'm just going to, because the remaining things in this uh, little hat here that's going to be put in here is actually what we're kind of going to, the next little bit here. So what I want you to do, um, TK, is I'm reading through these names and I'm seeding these next couple, uh, eight in total. If you hear a name that maybe you've spoken to perhaps in the off season, you can give us a little cough, if you will, please. So what I'm dropping into the tricorn hat right now, um, I'm going to grab the first one, not looking. Uh, let's see who this is and we will it'll determine which one uh, we're doing the tournament for here So this is gonna be Sam Windsor my pick as my dream non or MLR signing This is a uh, the number one seed. I've lost my pen. There it is Okay, he is in at number one So that kind of gives us an idea of what we're pulling from here. This is the MLR dream signing I'm waiting for a cough. Are you gonna you're gonna you're gonna,
3: you're gonna incriminate me here Phil if I cough at all because <laughs> <laughs> and you're not able to approach players from other teams. So I'll, uh, I'll play along there. I'll play along. Fair enough. Johan Momson, that is um, – That was
1: my bad. Uh, Bozo, that was you. Right, exactly. Yeah, so he yeah. is the number four seed. He's going to go up against Sam Windsor. I feel like Sam Windsor – and this is just my personal opinion. This is not TK talking at all right now. Um, I think that Sam Windsor would be an excellent pickup um, You know, as – you know, back then we were saying it could be a potential just like um, bench player for Waka, but obviously we know that Waka's leaving uh, or has left rather the free Jacks. So I think he would be an excellent pickup, but I don't think he's going to do very well in the tournament just because hey he's a he's a New Jersey guy right now. So the next one here, this is going to be our second seed is Ben Mitchell. That was um, uh, Diamond Dave's pick. So I'm going to put a little two there. There we go. And the final one, of course, is going to be um, Dave, or excuse me, Dan from Quincy, a.k.a. David from the Scrum of the Earth podcast. And that will be Nate Brakely, a Massachusetts guy who plays for New Jersey, which is absolutely disgusting. But we hey, went over this,
0: Phil. We went over it. We this. did go
1: over it. We did go over it.
0: You're right. He's lived there for like a decade.
1: All right, so we're hearing no coughing, by the way, so I think we have our answers there. Um, final one here. I'm trying to do this quickly, guys. Not looking. All right, I'm pulling it out of the hat. This is going to be our non-MLR Dream signing. A.J. McGinty, that was my pick. So he is the number one seed. Mr. America, uh, current fly half starter for USA Rugby, gets the number one for us. Now we're picking the number four seed very quickly here. Pulling this up. Right now, I probably shouldn't have used post-it notes because they're sticking to it. Nathan Hughes, that was Dan from Quincy's pick. Um, Former Wasp man, plays eight. He is going as the number four seed against A.J. McGinty. Not looking. There's only two left in here. All right and bah, 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 Joe Marlar, your boy Bozo, who happens okay. to always like anytime we tag him in a post is always liking our post. Uh, TK, please make note of that. Um, right. He is the number two seed. and the final one of course, is going to be um, unrealistic in my opinion. Uh, but you know it's a dream signing so we can do whatever we want to. I guess. That is going to be Paolo Grabiski. You know he's the starter for Italy at fly half. We need fly halves on this team. That would it's logical, but it's unrealistic because he plays for, I think Montpellier in uh, the French top 14. All right, so that uh, does away with that. Let me bring you guys closer in here. There we go. Okay, uh, bozo. So we're gonna go ahead and skip over the long one there, and you've got the Boating Waka question.
0: Yeah. So with. You know, walks being MVP this year, and you know, I think he was like the player of the year for the Free Jacks, and he's off to Japan. Um, how early did you guys know that? Uh, was it still during the season? And then, uh, have you already started reaching out to other
3: players? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was actually it happened all of a sudden. Uh, they had a ten. Kobe had a ten who was going to be going in, and Bodane's agent had had flicked across his resume to them, and then the ten pulled out at the last minute and then all of a sudden Bodine gets a phone call um so that that yeah that's how it happened it was it was actually right after the season it was uh you know the boys embark on a two or three day um alcohol infused um (laughs) in the postseason and it was it was in the midst of that and uh Bodine gave me a call uh and, and gave me a heads up that he just got a call from his agent. His agent called me shortly after. But I mean, we're stoked for him. Like it's you know, no bidding around the bush. It's life it's life changing money. Um he he deserves it. I'm yeah, I'm we're so happy for him. Um yeah, so that's how it happened. It's and it's it's yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't speak for every Free Jacks fan. To,
0: where we're laying, I think it's more of like a, it's like a happy sadness, you know. It's yeah, like yeah. a teacher, you know, a teacher seeing their favorite student graduate or something like that. It's like we know he'll be back to visit, you know. And it, everybody's like ha- so fired up for him. I think that uh, the Steelers just got a bunch of new fans. People are yeah, trying to be. Sure. Too, yeah, I don't know how many people are going to subscribe to Flow Rugby though. But we'll see. I
1: I think top 14 – or excuse me, uh, the Japanese league is on uh, the rugby network, or it has been. Um, Oh, that's right. Are they on TRN? Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, They have been, yep. I think they've been doing like one or two matches over the course of a weekend. You you see a lot of like Sun Goliath on those those because that's like the biggest team, I think, in Japan um, championship-wise. But anyway, um, let's kind of go over – Mike, Next question. I wrote this a couple days ago, uh, TK, and it, you know it's basically like I was going to ask. Like obviously, the fly half position needs strengthening, but now we've learned that Hooker um, and also one of our props, the, the starting guys, um, Peter Janssen and Eric Diager, have also uh, left us. Um, so those positions obviously need to be filled in. Is there any other positions that uh, that need to be strengthened in your mind?
3: Uh- you're asking indirectly, uh, have uh, any other players moving on? Um, I think there's always a bit of a risk around some of our you know our guns, like um, you know, Slade McDowell, he's going to be close to super rugby, Mills center uh, probably not too far away either. But um, hopefully, we, we, we those guys are on contract and stuff, so you know, they're, they're coming back at this time. But obviously, if they, if they do get an opportunity to. Again, make makes really significant money and to play at the top level of the game right now. Then we we won't get in their way of that. Um, so yeah, hooker's a tough one. Like Peter's been a been an awesome um, ambassador for the club. He's put his body on the line week in week out. He's tough, great competitor, a really good set piece hooker. Um, unfortunately for him, obviously at the end of his contract, getting and getting a you know essentially what is a twelve month recovery period um it just you know wasn't to be for pete to continue on with us uh, but we wish him all the best in his rehab and we'll be checking in on him and making sure he's doing a writing getting back to full fitness and we'll see where he lands next and then eric another one like like bodine just the it's just the the money side of things again is in france even the third division albeit they they just got relegated uh from the Pro two, they yeah the money's just significantly different there so you know, tight head's are always going to be in demand. We we probably saw that that was going to happen with Eric at some point. He'd been really solid for us, um, but that's all right. That's the you know one of the things we're going to have to deal with um, over the next few years, I think. So all good. Could you put like
0: um like a percentage? I guess yeah. We we don't we don't have time to go like line by line. I guess name by name. But like, is there a high amount of retention in the squad currently?
3: Yeah, so it's a it's a work in progress but um you know we we were we were sort of aiming for around 75 80 percent 80 percent of the the team and then by the time you lose a couple you know to different competitions and then someone else there's always the thing like our my biggest challenge is it's a six month season it's incredibly difficult for play like what do they do for six months and we're, we're trying to get really creative and help support some guys we have uh, a group of about eight to ten that are sticking around year round and doing all sorts of different things some are studying some are working um and they're they're going to be helping us to also grow out, grow the organization because in the past you know we build this momentum over six months and then boom dies and then we do it again and then dies so that was part of the reason that we got that over the line with our ownership group to try keep a few more of, the, of them around and support them over the other six months uh, but it's, it's a massive, um, yeah, it's, it's really difficult for for players if they're not playing in another competition or doing right. something that's really, you know, some of our guys like Justin Johnson, uh, Quinton Newcomer, are able to manage like pretty intensive jobs on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's all sorts of different things. But, um, yeah, I mean, 70% probably. Awesome.
0: Yeah, that's good. I'm, one quick, one wrinkle to that question. Is it hard to find work for the
3: international guys? like like actual jobs is that a difficult like visa or like you know yeah. paperwork wise Yeah it, it is so they typically come over on P or O, o visas which is like an extraordinary uh, ability athlete visa so if they're over on a P visa which most of them are they can only be employed by major league rugby or the New England Free Jacks hmm. so obviously you know that's that's really difficult so they can't like pick up a job even at a, like a supermarket or doing whatever for six months of the year because if they could it would be probably a walk in the park
2: um yeah.
3: so yeah I, I feel like we're just on the brink of at the moment um you know players want to be playing in in, in the in MLR but at the moment just with the money not quite there yet and you know it's a six month gig and stuff there is a lot of turnover of players um so that's that's one of the things that I hope to see ironed out a bit in coming years All right.
1: Um, Speaking of um, players, you know, there is something called the draft that we have here in this country. It's very unique for MLR, uh, very unique for American sports. Uh, It's a way to replenish, you know, and fill in some gaps for a squad. We just recently had the collegiate shield game that took place with some all-stars from the collegiate ranks. Where are we looking at right now in terms of player impressions in your mind for the, uh, the draft? how's it look
3: yeah um, so there's only been I think from memory that at at most recent glance there are about 80 like official um, uh, registries or whatever you want to call them um, who have entered the draftees who have entered the draft and um, so we're kind of waiting for that for that to fill up a little bit more over coming weeks uh, ahead of the draft in August uh, obviously, we've been we've been massively blessed to get some fantastic players join our ranks in New England. With JJ was our first one, then Spencer, uh, and then Kale um, obviously played a, a big role for Dallas, uh, and then uh, Tone Anthony um, broke his ankle, um, and Zach Bestres ended up being you know probably one of the fines of the draft to be honest. So yeah, we'll, we'll be watching intently. I know we're definitely. You know, have our eyes out for maybe a winger uh, potentially we've got our eyes out for for maybe a winger in particular so we've got two second round draft picks and a third uh, we traded one of our first round draft picks away last year uh, this season past so yeah that's what we got to work with awesome
0: that's good to hear Hopefully you can find another uh, – it's kind of like a New England thing to find diamonds in the rough in the draft, you know? we have yeah, a Tom Brady, record. baby. That's it.
3: TV 12 yeah.
0: <laughs> So we had mentioned the the salary cap um, for the offseason as an increase, decrease, stayed the same, and then does the league talk to the teams about that? You know, I don't want to talk about the debacle, but is that in conversations? Because we talked about departures due to life-changing money. Two teams got kind of – slapped over that so it's like are they talking about things like that
3: yeah i'm not really privy to those conversations at at the board um level but like i do know that you know the league are uh, trying to figure out the austin and la situation are they both going to be in the league next year are they not um you know i think there's a lot of ongoing discussion as to what that looks like who's who's is there going to be a new owner is it going to be the same owner How's it all going to work, and if they're not in, what's going to happen to those players? So obviously there would be a dispersal draft if if those one of those teams weren't to be in. Obviously we're we're all hopeful that they are going to be in um, for the for the good of the league. Um, but yes, yeah, so the league are waiting to to finalize that in terms of salary cap. Um, oh, there's been a kind of keep track on on some conversations that are going on, and you know it's just it's a business at the end of the day. So if revenue goes up then there's probably the ability for us to increase our expenditure, but is our expenditure better better spent on players and increasing the standard, or is it better spent on broadcast, or is it, you know, what is it better spent on and all of those things. So I do do anticipate there'll probably continue to be slow increases. There have been really slow increases to date each year. It just increases on a, a very small amount you know just to account for inflation um, basically each year so probably something again similar um but that hasn't been fully established yet
1: I Um, mean it's a real bummer right I mean ultimately we want financial success for the league because otherwise you know if we don't have teams that you know we don't have a league and you know they have to be financially successful and a lot of these teams don't turn a profit it's at least that's my understanding you know some of them are getting closer maybe one or two actually break even or whatever so it makes sense and i know it's frustrating for people to see some of our best players get poached by other leagues for more money or whatever but it's just you know it's the league's 5 years old guys like 6 years old like you know what, what are we going to do you know until we this league gets more corporate sponsorships and more people are going to the games and stuff like that it's just the reality that uh, we're we're not a top tier league at this point we're not uh, tier 1 so um yeah kind of a bummer but uh it is what it is unfortunately um my next question for you TK is you know we've talked about previously the affiliation with a, uh, another large club internationally has there been any further talks about that at all or is that ever going to happen do you think
3: um yeah we, we have talked about it and I think probably at the moment we'd be better suited to sort of like maybe well and truly align with uh like an NPC team with a, you know, sort of like a player sharing model, we're, look, yeah. we're currently looking at the moment at potentially getting some of our players opportunities to continue to train or play at a high level elsewhere. Um, so yeah, we are we are consistently really exploring all of those all of those things. But you know, Slade's with Manawatu, uh Jesse and uh, Mills uh, with Taranaki. Uh, Stan mm. is potentially going to be with one of those clubs as well. He's he's got back to New Zealand now, so I think it makes a lot of sense to potentially align with the NPC team. And obviously, I've got really strong links with the Targo, and they've been they continue to be a really good good um, relationship for us. But it's just kind of working out right. What does a natural partnership sort of look like? You know, what's the benefit to both organisations? I mean, both teams already
1: uh, rock with the navy blue, right? So I mean, it would just be a a natural little. uh color scheme, uh, match there. But, um, yeah, that's all the questions that we have for you. I was looking to see if anybody posted in the chat, but it doesn't look like there is. I may have broken it. Like from last stream that we did, we haven't got a single question since I was messing around with it, but, uh, we'll do a little quick, uh, impromptu, um, storm along one word association here. Um, first one's going to be Bodine Waka.
3: Um, talent, talent.
1: Love that answer. Uh, Peter Janssen
3: um determined
1: um eric de
3: um video games
1: (laughs) i would have never guessed that actually but um how about scott matthew um heart (laughs) all right free jacks um greater good the final one here because we did get a question it right at the death i'm just going to say
3: mags just because you know i love him i always say eclectic to this one but um uh oh geez there's so many you could go for what are you what are, what would you guys say for mags was genius you say? genius
1: oh boy
0: <laughs> uh legend
1: <laughs> yeah there you yeah. go all right, so for just a quick question here. Uh, can you ask TK if there could be, ever be a friendly with uh, other international teams preseason or something? It, you know, we had the Kara Cup, right, which I absolutely loved, and I thought it was yeah. really, really cool to do. Um, I, I'm sure it would cost a fortune to get those Irish teams over here and stuff like that like it did last time or whatever, however it worked out. But I thought that was so awesome. I would love Kara Cup 2.0. What's your What's your take on that, TK?
3: Yeah, well, the the UK isn't very far away, um, right? So, to be honest, it like it is, vi- it's viable, it's a viable idea um, to play teams, you know, maybe like a prem cup team from the Premiership or mm-hmm. um, Championship team, or you know, one of the provinces A sides again or something like that. Um, so that that's definitely got some merit. You run into all the insurance stuff. Um, I always find to be massively challenging. Um, And then a massive advantage we've got in in New England is our proximity to Canada, which is awesome. So, you know, we've tried to schedule some games against Canadian teams for our independence. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we probably could play, like, a Canadian A-team. It probably is. It might be possible, you know, a a group of Canadians that aren't um, affiliated with MLR teams in the preseason. Like, that would be a great game. The only issue is where the hell do you play that because you've got, like, (laughs) everywhere um yeah. even south american teams like and that's a good it's a yeah it's a good idea there are definitely some options uh gary um but yeah for now our dc indoor preseason game is sort of about as far as we've got I
1: mean, I guess it's, you know, you take what you can get, but that's that's really boring, uh, you know, playing
3: D.C. in the
1: preseason. I, I don't care. Like, come on. Yeah, I, I, w- I want to see these international clubs come over. and uh, That would be cool to have SLAR come over here and do a little preseason, like, uh, scrimmages and stuff against the free action I think that would be sick, but, uh, you know, travel and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, yeah, any um any message for the, the Rangers out there since we got you here?
3: Uh, like, we had a one-on-one with Cam Davidowitz today, and I think... You know that that for me is like to have a guy like Cam who who was a collegiate player for a uh, a school that isn't traditionally known for being a fantastic rugby college, and then to wait. Be-
1: Whoa, hang on.
0: Whoa, Well <laughs> Shots fired. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you are uh, correct. You are correct, sir. National champions, great.
3: though. Small ah, for
0: small for small schools. It's not the same. Not the
3: same. true. But Tiggy, yeah, for him to go to being a to standing out at club level year for a couple of years year after year and then to to become a practice player and then to become a fully contracted player like he's just gone through he's showing the the journey that we want to we want to make sure we're facilitating that for more and more players over time so that's the challenge to us and to see him and his family there at the bus and like i mean that's that's what it's all about it was awesome like we, do, we genuinely do have I think the best fan base in the competition that goes such a, a long way we, and, and that makes makes us all really proud because we're trying to be f- far more than just a senior team um we're trying to be a community and to give back and to to create a pathway system and to to, to do all these different things and, and some things we're doing really well and some things we've got a lot of work to do it so we'll continue to do that and we we appreciate um everyone's support and you know our favorite time of the week is the high fives post game and hearing all the fans uh, and the stands is yeah the best part of the week for for all of us so yeah that that's probably probably all i got to say boys
1: i appreciate it tk thank you for coming on here once again bozo any yeah, uh, final thoughts
0: no i just echo i also like the handshakes at the end i think that's probably one of the coolest things about the rugby culture you know you can't do that at like a pro baseball game or anything else like that you know like they always show it on the on the uh you know, they always make a thing of it on ESPN when a baseball player like throws the ball back. But we get stuff like that every game. You know, oh, yeah. Walker taking pictures with uh, kids out on the field, signing autographs, guys grabbing phones, doing selfies all the time. I think it's all great. And I think it's awesome that the team enjoys it too. Very special to be able to have that in a pro sport. So it's pretty cool. All
1: yeah. right, to exit the live here we're gonna um, say one word i want to people in the chat there's five of us watching right now so if you want to type in the little word here i know that you know what it is and we're gonna say it all of us on the screen here in three two one huzzah huzzah all right, Rangers, tell us how we did. Send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. Make sure you're interacting with us on social media or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a like and follow over there. We would greatly appreciate it. People always ask, how can I help the show? First and foremost, however you're listening to the podcast, the audio version, please give us a five-star review. In addition to that, go over to YouTube and uh, search for The Jacks Rangers Show. Please subscribe on there and like all the videos. That's going to wrap it up for Silly Season part. Part one, and we will be back with you before the end of July with an additional episode as we ride on through the silly season here at the Jack Rangers show. Huzzah, baby. Go free Jacks. Woo.